If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right. You are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. Should you want to watch the program live or on demand, see for yourself that yes, in fact, I do have a face for radio. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. I want to talk here this morning. I want to talk here this morning, start off, there's lots of things to get to, of course, but I want to start off by talking about COVID, coronavirus here, and um, I want to talk specifically about some of the crazy stuff um, that we're being, that we have been subjected to, that we are being subjected to. Yesterday, I was out a little bit. For the first time, um, had to go into a <laughs> into a a store that had a mandatory mask. Which, look, I want to say I'm not I'm not against uh, the idea of a mask. Um, I just I have questions, right? I have an insatiable curiosity about things, and there's just things I need answers on, and I cannot, for the life of me, get it out of my mind. Nor do I think I should get it out of my mind. That we were originally, that we were originally told that masks do not work. You remember this. You know this. You may have forgotten this. You may have convinced yourself that this didn't happen, but it absolutely, positively did happen. In fact, I'm I'm looking here at a piece in the Gateway Pundit, thegatewaypundit.com, and. It was written back at the end of May, May 28th, written by Bill Hennessy. And this is what it says. In the past week, doc, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci and the New England Journal of Medicine have admitted that masks are little more than symbols. Virtue signaling. For those of you who shout science like it's a Tourette tick, this is from the New England Journal of Medicine, May 21st, 2020. So pause. So this is from the New England Journal of Medicine, right? So this is for those who say, for those who say, follow the science, follow the science. What do you do when science tells you contradictory things? What do you do? Because I'm going to tell you, folks, the things that we have been told. And I, I just want to point this out because, I, I look, again, I am okay with the – I know some of you are not. 
and I that's fine too. I'm okay with with wearing a mask if you just explain this to me. That's all I'm trying to say. Just explain to me why you were wrong at the beginning. Take ownership and articulate it. Explain it. Now they're relying. They're relying more now on intimidation. I actually saw a guy yesterday walking through the store where masks were mandated. This was a Walmart, by the way. One guy didn't have a mask. Just walking through the store, talking on his cell phone. I don't know how. He, I don't know if he came through with a mask and took it off. I don't know if he just walked in and said, what are you going to do about it? I don't know what he did, but that's what he did walking down. I saw him walking down the store right through the middle. And, I mean, you could just <laughs> you could just feel uh, feel the tension that that, that that created. And just for why? Why? Based on what they told us from the beginning. So this is going back, again, May 21st, which I know is, is an eternity in politics. But this is what the uh, what which this is the New England Journal of Medicine, May twenty first. So here we are, July twenty second. That was two months and one day ago. This is what it said. We know that wearing a mask outside health care facilities offers little, if any, protection from infection. Public health authorities define a significant exposure to COVID nineteen as face to face contact within six feet with a patient who. Uh, with uh, symptomatic COVID-19 that is sustained for at least a few minutes, and some say more than 10 minutes or even 30 minutes. The chance of catching COVID-19 from a passing interaction in a public space is therefore minimal. In in many cases, the desire for widespread masking is a reflexive reaction to anxiety over the pandemic. End quote. That's from the New England Journal of Medicine on May 21st, 2020. Well, now, Todd, since we've learned a lot in two months, well, what, what did we learn in the first two months? Or what did we learn going back to when this thing originally broke out, which, again, we don't even know. I mean, there's so much conflicting information on this, but yet we're told, we're told that they have this all under control, that the folks that don't want to wear a mask are simply trying to infect others. In fact, you've I, I've seen people on Twitter call people that don't wear masks murderers. <laughs> You don't you don't wear a mask, you're a, a murderer. So I guess the New England Journal of Medicine on May twenty first was uh, May twenty first was endorsing murder, I guess, by that ridiculous uh, sort of logic. So the piece here in the Gateway Pundit continues. Again, this is from a couple months ago. So why are we ordered to wear masks? Symbolism from the same article, New England Journal of Medicine, it says this quote, it is also clear. That masks serve symbolic roles. Masks are not only tools, they are um, they are also talismans that may help increase healthcare workers' perceived sense of safety, well-being, and trust in their hospitals. End quote. So you're supposedly wearing a mask because of what it communicates. And I have to tell you, I sensed that yesterday. I re- I really did, and I've worn it. I wore a mask once. I wore a mask to church the first day that we opened. Just they asked us to, and you know, look, I- I'm reasonable about this. I don't want someone to feel uncomfortable, especially at a place like church. It's a you know vulnerable for some folks. I don't want them to think that I'm careless about my my health or something like that. So I wore that for a while, and most people weren't wearing one. 
So we we took it off. Social distance. There weren't enough people in the building to get within six feet of each other. Even if I mean, we'd have to try to have done that. So now, now we're being told you have to wear a mask at all times. In fact, yesterday, even uh, well, President Trump was saying wear a mask, right? Which again, I'm not against. I just, I just need someone to explain this to me. And I think that really goes to the root of what I view as the role of our government and the role of the citizen. I'm not, I'm not saying that it can never be uh, that the government cannot make these. That the government cannot tell us that we need to wear masks. Now, there is a difference between an executive order that's issued by a governor or a president and something that's actually duly passed law that goes through the legislature. That's something that we've touched on as well. That raises issues because that's not the law. That's that's an executive order. Now, you could make the case, as I'm sure people do, that the law has provided executives, the chief executives of whatever branch, well, of the of the executive branch, but at the state or local or federal level, that they can that they have basically abdicated their responsibilities to this executive for the you know for the sake of expediency, for the the sake of being able to be more uh, proactive and, and right, even responsive to some of the things happening in a real time basis because Congress, of course, getting anything done in Congress is virtually impossible. In fact, here we are at the end of July. We've got about a week left, and I'm not standing up and supporting these these bills, coronavirus bills or anything, but they've they've known that this thing, you know, basically expires, so to speak, at the end of this month, and they've said that something else is coming, and they haven't even really started that process yet. Maybe they've started – but it's just at this point, just a bunch of, you know, list of wants and what might be in the legislation and so forth. Which again, I'm not arguing for it. I'm just saying this is this is the reasoning as to why executives have some of this authority because Congress, uh, you know, can't get anything accomplished for a lot of reasons. Some of it's by nature. Some of it's by uh, based upon the people that are in there. The types of things that they that they do, the types of things, you know, the ways that they behave, and so forth. But I'm not saying that there's not any instance where the government cannot do that, or that it wouldn't even be uh, a good thing to do. I'm just simply asking, what the heck happened here? And I'm not someone who wants to see my neighbor die, government, because I'm asking the questions. Or Walmart, or Target. I went to Target yesterday. Never do this, by the way, but I was looking for something specifically that we need. We're we're, um, expanding, as you know. Um, We're actually making a couple of new hires at the program, which is exciting. So things should – you should see some some changes here with some of the things that we're doing on the program as we get more folks on board to help and and that sort of thing. But – so I, in order to do that, I was I was looking for something because we moved into a a little bit larger space. And so I was actually – I mean, I, I do that. I was out looking for something that we needed, and I had to go to Target because I couldn't find it anywhere else. And so, they don't have a a mandatory mask policy yet. You might be surprised. I was surprised to find that out. But they have one that's starting August first. So then you find yourself asking, "What the heck, August first? Like, could you? Why? I mean, if it's this bad, are you basically telling people we're?" 
okay with you killing your fellow Target shoppers for the next, what is it, nine days now? We're okay with that. But on the 10th day, nope, no more. And into that. I just don't, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. In fact, you would think, you would think that, I, I guess, you know, there's, there's been stores that have had this policy from the beginning, which annoyed me, if I'm being honest. And I haven't gone to those stores, but at least, at least they're being consistent, I guess. At least they didn't wait until, you know, numbers were doing what they're doing again. Supposedly, and there's questions about the numbers as well, which I'll get to this program. I, just, I have lots of questions about this. I have lots of questions and few answers. Very few answers because they're telling us contradictory things. Anyway, going back to this, um, going back to this piece in the Gateway Pundit from a couple of weeks ago about masks, about how the New England Journal of Medicine said that wearing masks was symbolic simply symbolic, and it didn't help, doesn't help, um, prote- offer protection outside of healthcare facilities. Now all of a sudden masks are mandatory virtually everywhere. In some states they are mandatory everywhere. In some states you can't go outside without a mask. In fact, I'll say this, I've learned, I also... I tell you, just the amount of information from science, this, this, this is just what, again, of course we should follow science, but what do you do when science tells you different things, right? And that's really what we've got here. I, I saw an article last night, a study last night that said the place that you're most likely to catch COVID is at home. You're most likely to catch COVID at home. So the two things that I've learned recently from some of these COVID things is that number one, if you want to help people socially distance in your community, have a protest come in because that's what they told us. The Black Lives Matter protests actually caused people to socially distance, uh, distance themselves, right? And it just reminds me of my, 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 dad's, my dad's term for people um, who, well, it, it, self, it describes itself. It's self-educated idiots, or I'm, I'm sorry. Overeducated idiots, not self-educated, <laughs> over overeducated idiots. That's what I feel like. I feel like the things that are blatantly obvious here, we're told, no, no, you see, that's what you would think, Todd. No, let me explain. When you have a protest, Black Lives Matter, people locking arms in the street, and I'm not critic whatever. I'm not even saying good or bad or anything about the protest. I'm just saying from a scientific perspective, you would think that that would cause a spread, right? If if this is if everything they tell us is true, you don't you see people not wearing masks or not following social distancing. No, no, Todd. No, no, see what happens here is that everybody else, everybody else socially distanced themselves because of these protests. Now whether they were scared of the spread or whether they were scared of the protests that turned into riots, I suppose are two different potential reasons for that. But the point is they're telling us that Protests actually cause people to socially distance themselves more. I mean, who would have thought? And then number two, you're more likely now to contract this. I read this. I'll pull it up. You're more likely to get COVID at home than out in public. But you got to wear a mask in public. Heck, you've got to wear a mask to walk outside your home in some states. They told us masks didn't work originally. And now Fauci's out there saying that the reason he said that masks didn't work was because there was not enough PPE, personal protective equipment. So he knew he didn't want people to panic or 
to realize they couldn't get a mask, so I guess he just lied to him. I'm waiting now for the piece in the media telling us when it's okay, okay and appropriate to lie to people, when that's the moral choice. And I'm supposed to believe this guy. I mean, it's just, it, just, just answer. Answer these questions. These are very fair questions. I'm not even saying, am I getting on here and screaming, you know, resist your government, don't wear masks. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just saying, help me understand this, government. Help me understand what's going on. New York won't let people from my state of Indiana come into their state because, well, I guess because we don't have a mask policy. If you look at the list of the places they will let people in from, places like Michigan, Illinois, Kentucky, virtually any state around me, around us here in the Hoosier State, can go to New York, but we can't without a 14-day quarantine. Anyway, and we're supposed to just follow the science. Like the, the way they frame this is the Democrats are following the science and the Republicans are over there trying to cause chaos and cause people to die. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It really is. Anyway, I got a lot more to say about this. Got to take a break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Again, I'm not – look, I know some of you, and that's I, – I really – that's it's totally fine. You're, you know, very um, – you know, I, I even know that there's anti-masks, uh, anti-mask protests and that sort of thing. And I'm not saying that that shouldn't be a thing either. I'm just saying that, look, I can be convinced to wear a mask. I can be – just talk to me like an adult – I think talk to us like adults, right? And and don't <laughs> don't tell us that that masks are worthless, and then two months later tell us that it, if you don't wear a mask, you're going to kill your neighbor. Basically, is is where we've come. That's that's what we've that's what's happened. Fact is, this article in the Gateway Pundit again back from the end of May points out the Surgeon General. The Surgeon General, um, he was widely mocked and ridiculed for suggesting that in March that masks might even increase the spread of the virus. Yet here, again, I'm reading from the Gateway Pundit, here the esteemed New England Journal of Medicine provides the same warning to mask wearers. This is again to the New England Journal of Medicine. What is clear, it, it says, however, is that universal mask masking alone is not a panacea. A mask will not protect providers caring for a patient with active COVID-19 if it's not accompanied by meticulous hand hygiene, eye protection, gloves, and a gown. A mask alone will not prevent healthcare workers with early COVID-19 from contaminating their hands and spreading the virus to patients and colleagues. Focusing on universal masking alone may paradoxically lead to more transmission of COVID-19 if it diverts attention from implementing more fundamental infection control measures. And you've seen this. Like, I've seen this when I go to restaurants and they have the masks on. Again, I'm not saying they shouldn't. It just doesn't – they adjust the mask because it's fallen, fallen down their face or whatever. And so they touch it. And we're told originally that's that's it. 
It's on the hands. You touch something, you, someone touches their face or their eyes, and they touch you or they touch a surface, and you touch that surface. Remember we were told that this thing, this thing, this COVID, man, this COVID is the toughest virus in the history of, of the world. This thing could live on surfaces for like 45 years. This thing was indestructible. I mean, basically, I'm I'm really going hyperbolic there, but you get the point. It, it was t- days. It was like nine days, I think, it could live on surfaces. People would bring groceries home and decontaminate, would wash down their groceries because they were afraid. You know, someone at the supermarket going to gr- buy a loaf of bread, they grabbed one and decided they would go for another. What if COVID was on their hands because they had a mask? They adjusted that mask. They had sneezed earlier. The virus was on that mask. Now it's on my loaf of bread it can live there for nine days or whatever it is. Now I got to clean my package of bread before I bring it into my home. Because what else am I going to expose my family to if I don't, if I don't decontaminate my groceries, right? I mean, this is, this is what people were doing. Now, but you go back and you look and they, I mean, this, this whole mat again, I just, just talk to us like adults, as I said from the very beginning, there might be reasoning for this. Uh, look, I think when we're when we're dealing with this, you look at you look at really what's what's being asked of us. Is this a legitimate, um, a legitimate? I don't want to say trade off, but is it a legitimate legitimate request to to basically for a Defined period of time, that's another thing, not indefinitely, not until the power-hungry governors decide that that they're going to let you take your mask off. But, you know, if, if there's a, def, a defined period of time and a clear rationale as to why we should do this, and it's not – I mean, look, the, if the question is whether or not we have a liberty to not have a mask on – that we should, you know, should temporarily put that on hold for two weeks or whatever it is, some period of time, because of the risk of spreading it unknowingly. If that's really what's happening here, then talk to us about that, right? I mean, that's a conversation. We, even look, lovers of liberty, I get life on this planet is complicated. There might be good reasons and rationales that that might be right, but my goodness, don't. <laughs> Don't don't do what you're doing. It is don't tell me you're pro science and science comes out and says the things that I'm reading to you this morning, two months ago, which again no one knows about now. We're past that. Right? We're past that because now we've moved on to whatever other next level of hysteria we can get to. And I'm not saying it's not real and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be safe. I'm just saying hysteria and panic is not a good thing. I mean, you have people that are basically, they're being told by their governments to take pictures of people who are violating these things and sending those pictures to authorities. Take a picture of someone who's not socially distancing. Take a picture of someone who's not wearing a mask. We have a tattletale society. That's what they're encouraging. Meanwhile, we're told that the only place, the place that we're most likely to get this is at home. And we're also told if we want to keep the spread from happening and maintain social distancing, we should call in a protest to our local cities. 
I think that's what we should do. I really do. I think we should I think we should call in protesters. Shouldn't matter what these protests. I mean, right? It shouldn't matter what the purpose of the protest is. Just protest. Just come to the streets of a city and protest because I'm I mean, I've read it. In fact, I've I've read it this morning. What we've supposedly learned here it is. This is uh, LiveScience.com. What have protests taught us about the coronavirus? Experts expected the widespread Black Lives Matter protests to spark new chains of COVID-19 infection. But a new analysis shows that cities with the largest protests have not had spikes in transmission. That may be because people who – I tell you what. That may be because people who did not attend protests increased their social distancing during those weeks. BuzzFeed News reported. That said, the available data may not capture the true number of infected protesters, and large crowds do present significant risks for, uh, risks for viral spread, BuzzFeed noted. Well, no kidding. So basically, you don't know is what you're telling us, BuzzFeed. But now we're supposed to believe the protest, protests, no. Now, if they were protesting the Second Amendment, if it was a pro-life protest, if it was a Trump uh, rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you better believe it. If there's one person in that city that gets it, it's going to be directly blamed on Trump or the event organizers. But this Black Lives Matter, led by Marxists, doesn't matter. This is good. Didn't call, actually probably caused less spread because it caused other people. You see, when you have the genius of the Marxists that lead the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, you know in advance that you're actually doing something not just for your cause, you know that you're planning out in meticulous detail the health and safety of these communities. Remarkable, right? That's why these people need to be, uh, these, these Marxists need to be in more control. At least that's the story anyway, because they have, they hold all the answers. They're smarter than the rest of us. But you tell me if this, if this makes any sense to you. Because I don't know a rational, reasonable person that this makes sense to. I don't. And if it does, I think someone's drank the Kool-Aid a little bit too much because this is simply is unbelievable. Anyway, a lot more to say about this. Talking about COVID-19 masks, government assuring us of things that they have no idea what they're talking about, but yet we're supposed to blindly follow them to wherever they lead us without any explanation or research or rationale. And even when they lie to us as... Dr. Fauci admits to lying to us. He admits to lying to us. The reason he said masks didn't work was because there wasn't enough PPE. That's what he told us. He doesn't feel bad about that. Not supposed to question Dr. Fauci. That's that's beyond reproach. Dr. Fauci is beyond reproach. You can, in fact, you can blame Trump for everything. That's patriotic. But Fauci, now that's another thing. This guy is just trying to worry about the health and wellness of of people. But he's lying to us. He's lied to us at some point. Either masks worked always or they didn't, and they didn't suddenly start working, right? And he told us the reason was because uh, – the reason for the change was because now you know, ma- people can get masks. People can make them out of T-shirts. They said studies have shown that even making it out of a you know, homemade cloth mask is good to go, which again makes no – it just makes – none of this makes any sense to me. None of this makes any sense, and you can't ask questions. Anytime, and I gotta take a break, but anytime you're, you are told that you cannot ask a question, that is a recipe for a disaster. Whether that's political, you know, political, you know, you're not allowed to do that politically, or whether you're not allowed to do that at work, 
Hey, I need you to do this. Why you need me to do that for? I can't tell you. What do you mean you can't tell me? Seems like a little, seems a little fishy to me at that point if you can't tell me what's going on here. That's kind of what I feel like is happening with our government at all levels. And I've got to take a break. You're listening here to the home of conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. Okay, so, again, talking about COVID, talking about the responses here. Again, I think, I think most reasonable people, we're, we're, we're open. We're, we're, we're willing to listen. We're willing. We want to be responsible. We want to see this thing nipped in the bud, right? I mean, there's, I don't think there's any question about this. But then there's also a question of, of there's, there's questions surrounding how much, again, not just what we're being told as far as what we're supposed to be doing, so wearing masks, which we've talked about the first part of this program, but in addition to that, what about, excuse me, what about the, the things that we're being told about the numbers? This should also concern us. This is something I saw, just the news.com. If you've not I actually really like this this uh, this site, justthenews.com. I've been going here for more and more things. I think you'll find some good information here. Headline of this piece, how COVID-19 fatality reports are distorting the data on daily death rates. Health departments publish two fatality figures. The media pick the more frightening one. Okay, this is Daniel Payne. This was written a couple of days ago. And here's what uh, Mr. Payne writes. Seven months into the COVID-19 pandemic into the, uh, in the United States, state governments and media outlets continue to publicize confusing, misleading data on the spread of the disease here, perpetuating fears and de- uh, that deaths from the virus are skyrocketing on a daily basis, even as those fatalities are genu- uh, generally distributed across a period of days, weeks, or even months. At issue is how state departments, uh, state health departments, publicize daily reports of fatalities within the state's borders. State officials have for months been publishing two sets of mortality statistics. Did you know this, by the way? I did not know this. Maybe I should have known this. I didn't know this. So there's two sets of mortality statistics that are released. One, uh, deaths that occurred on the publication date in question. And the second is that uh, the, the count of deaths that have only recently been cataloged from state backlogs. So the Arizona Department of Health Services publishes both of those figures on its coronavirus dashboard. On its summary page, it lists the number of new deaths reported today. While on its COVID-19 deaths tab, the state lists the actual deaths by date of death. So basically that may sound confusing as I read it across the, the airwaves here, across your podcast or YouTube or wherever you're watching this. But basically what that means is there's two sets, the two things that states are tracking, the state departments of health are tracking. Number one, they're tracking the the number of deaths that happened on a specific day, right? This list of people died from COVID and it was the, their death happened today. That's, that's the first count. The other count is people um, who have died at any point during this pandemic that they have recently been reassigned as or recategorized as COVID death. 
So it could have happened several months ago. And so that number shows up today because it was just added, say, today, for example, or yesterday since today's numbers are not out. But it was just added. So what does the media do? The, me- the media picks the number that's more uh, – that's, that's bigger, that's more frightening. So I want to – I'm skipping down here. Actually, I got to take a break. I'll pick this back up when we get back. But there's, I want to give you a, some specific examples of how dramatically different these numbers can be. And the media chooses to tell you the one that's more frightening, even though this death should have been baked into the numbers from you know the, that one category, that one grouping. Those deaths happened some time ago, weeks, if not months ago. I don't know. Anyway, we'll talk about this more when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So, so I should have, uh, I was talking with Oz about this during the break here, but so I've been telling you, and, and maybe you knew this, I, I I did not know this. I did not know that there were two counts until I read into this a little bit. So two counts that states keep track of. One of them shows that, hey, on July 5th or whatever the date is, there were 53 or 26 or 109 people or whatever the count is that died from COVID-19 in our state. Now, pause. That's... This, this, we're not even yet touching on the questions about you know the the, the discrepancies or the the strange COVID nineteen related uh, you know so called COVID nineteen deaths that are really not COVID nineteen. That's this isn't even taking that into account yet. But so let's just we're, we're counting those in this count. But the people that have been that the state says they died of COVID nineteen. That's one count that the state keeps track of. There's another count that shows the number of COVID-19 deaths that were reported on a given day. And that may not – again, it, you almost need a visual here, and it's hard, of course, to do this over the, over the airwaves. But essentially what this means is <clears throat> on July 5th, there might have been 53 people that, that died of COVID in a, a particular state. But the July 5th data, when they released it, it might have shown – 83 or <clears throat> whatever reports of COVID-19 deaths. That that didn't mean 83 people died from COVID on that day. It meant that there's 30 others, the difference between the 53 that actually died on that day from COVID, allegedly, or and, and 30 others that they found from previous dates. So as a, as a real-world example, as pointed out here in justthenews.com, uh, Arizona reported 117 deaths on July 7th, and of course, CNN said that it was a record that they reported 117 deaths from COVID-19 over the last 24 hours. Business Insider said it was the highest number of newly reported coronavirus deaths on that day. News Break said that the state um, on that date recorded its highest single daily, uh, single day death toll. However, even though they reported 117 deaths on July 17th in Arizona, the actual data, which is also on the state's website, indicated that only 53 people died 
during the 24-hour period on July 7th, which is 54% less than the record that was reported by CNN and these other Business Insider and these other sources. And so that's a problem. Same thing happened in Florida. On Florida, last Thursday, they announced 156 deaths in one 24-hour period. However, as of Saturday afternoon, this past Saturday, the actual number of deaths confirmed for that 24-hour period last Thursday was just 58. So they had 58 people die from COVID. Tragic, by the way. I'm not, again, not saying anything about that, but 58 people died from COVID last Thursday. But yet the numbers that they reported were 156. So they were, they found, what is that, 98? Almost 100 people that had died from COVID previously. And again, we're not even getting now yet into the specifics of, of people. You saw one individual in Florida, ironically, who died in a motorcycle accident, and it was the death was attributed to COVID. There's just, I mean, wading through this and trying to make sense of this and be a responsible American, and I know, I know there's, there's the other stuff going on, and, and I don't doubt this. There are people... There are people that are studying this, seeing how Americans respond. I mean, there there are people that politics, uh, you know, and, and accumulating power is their desire in life, and so they are they are doing this. I'm not suggesting that's all of them. Maybe it's more of them than I care to admit. I don't know. I think there's people who's trying who are trying to figure this out and, and be reasonable and rational. Of course, they always think that they know better than the rest of us. There's this whole conflict, but. When you get down to it, we don't have any information to think that we can rely upon. We have conflicting reports of what we're supposed to do about it, and yet we're told, we're preached to that we're supposed to follow the science, and I just want answers. That's it. I just want answers and reasonable people and not to be shouted down because I don't adhere to the groupthink or I don't have the same level of fear and uncertainty that these folks want me to have. So anyway. Got to take a break. Along in this segment, you're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. Got a message earlier today from a listener named Bill. Bill, I appreciate it. Bill points out... Um, you know, the the question that a lot of people have, I mean, if you can, if they're going to mandate masks, given what I've shared today, the inconsistencies and, you know, the, the conflicting information and all the stuff that's, that makes no sense. Again, I'm not saying that maybe, maybe they do make sense, but you're going to have to help me come to that conclusion um, definitively because of what they've told us in the past and what we know about this and so forth. But what are we going to do? What are you going to do? If now they start to use us as a, um, you know, to mandate a vaccine, it's a fair question. What are you going to do if they mandate that you take a vaccine for this? As Bill points out, you know, what if they, what if they say, you know, it's a condition to work or to go into stores and make purchases? I don't know. It's a fair question, I think, at this point. And they don't seem to have to have a lot of reason and rationale to make most people comply. So anyway, got to take a break. Here in hour number one, join us hour number two, SDGC in a few. 